Good morning, everybody. Kyle here, and Harm's appearing in just one second. Happy Monday morning slash Monday afternoon. Hello. Welcome back to the BBO show. It's the first day of a new week, which means it's a new topic of discussion. And where where are we right now? So we are, um, in terms of the world, we're slowly starting to see in the UK things get relaxed. But that shouldn't mean, if you're listening to this in your business or you're thinking about an online business that because again, the reality is we don't know that the world will go exactly back to the way it was, whereas we should be looking at this as an opportunity or a a time that's been carved out in our busy business lives or work lives to start to put together a online business or a mechanism of online business as part of our offline business. That should be very much the focus for business owners, especially, and people thinking about starting a new business. So if you're thinking about, yep, I'm really excited, I'm going to start a new shop. Well, how can that work with the online business world as well? Now, if you talk about business specifically, we've covered that topic to take you from business idea to setting it up, verifying the market, and then starting the business itself. So we've spoken about that in a previous week. But one of the common questions we get asked is, after that point, Great, I've got my idea. Yes, I know there's a market for it. But now how do I get it in front of people and have people even see me? Because the online world is extremely noisy. It's extremely busy. Lots of got people have ideas. Lots of people are starting businesses. Lots of people are advertising. Lots of people have blogs and websites. So how do I get in front of people and have them actually know that I exist? That's one of the first questions. And that's a very good question because... The thing that you're acknowledging there is that the world online is extremely busy. It's extremely noisy. And just by posting something on Instagram, and I'm getting very granular here, but just by posting something on Instagram, it doesn't mean you will be discovered. And, you know, if we get technical with it, if it's a business, they are definitely not, definitely not going to let you get discovered because for that business privilege, you've got to pay something. So that's me getting really granular, but let's go back right uh, almost as a bird's eye view and have a look at this on a macro scale first, which is where we're going to be focusing today. So Carl, what's, what is the focus today and why, or, or where does this play as a jigsaw piece as part of the bigger system as such? Mm. So the marketing framework that we teach, um, and you've probably heard this before, if you've been following us for any amount of time is baton B for business, A for audience, T for tribe, O for offer, N for network. Now, very briefly, this is business. What do I create that's valuable? What can I put out in the world that people actually want? What can I create for people that is valuable? Audience, how do I tell people about this value? How do I make sure people know what I have to offer the world? That's audience. T, tribe, okay, they know about what I create. They know about my value. How do I get them to care? People knowing about it is not the same as them caring about it. So how do we escalate them? How do we get them from just having knowledge of us to actually giving a damn? That's tribe. O, offer. That's when they care enough about what it is I do, my value, uh, my product or my service to actually purchase it. This is where we make sales. And then N, the final step, network. All right, we have everything in place. How do we scale up? That's what we're doing in network. We are taking a system that works. 
um, a system of creating something of value, telling the world about this value, getting them to care about it, and then to purchase the value. We're taking that basic foundation and we're scaling it up and we're turning it into a bigger business. That's the Baton framework. We, two weeks ago, uh, we delved, uh, we did a deep dive into business. As Hans just said, it's about working out, is there a market? What does that market actually want? And how do we produce something for that market? That was business. We did that two weeks ago. It's definitely worth having a look at. Um, today, we are introducing this week's topic, which is audience. So we are starting from the assumption that you have something of value and you've identified your market. And now we are starting to tell the market about what it is we've created, what value we can offer them. That is the focus of this week. Yeah, and I've got my trusted notepad here so you can see that in terms of letter formation. So you've got business, audience, tribe, offer, network. You can see there's a tick against the B because we've done that. We've done a deep dive on that. We spent five days covering that in detail from all the way starting to the point where what if you don't even have an idea? So that's that's like that's that's has we started from the ground up and building your business from the ground up. So that's business done. Now I've highlighted in red audience because this week we'll be focusing on audience and we'll be doing a deep dive on audience just like we did for the business section. So at some point in the future, once we've done a deep dive of all of these components as part of the baton system, you know, it doesn't matter what what you've got going in in your life when it comes to creating a business slash online business, you're going to be able to go from point A to the point of scaling very, very quickly by using this system and again and again and repeating it. It will also allow you to identify gaps. And what I mean by gaps is if something isn't working, we can start to look at which part of the system, which component of the system, there is a problem, there is an issue, there is a challenge that we need to improve. So let me give you an example. Last week, we spoke about an audience attraction technique. That's a, that's a phrase to use. And that was uh, Kindle Direct Publishing publishing an ebook in order to attract an audience's attention, not to sell books over here in the office stage, but actually drive traffic and bring awareness to our business idea. So that's an example there. So if, for example, you were really struggling to grab an audience's attention, one mechanism might be to have a look at that ebook week, which was last week, in order to have a new mechanism in which people start to see you, you exist, you're on Amazon Marketplace, you're a bestseller. We showed you how to do that last week. And all of this cool stuff helps you, uh, the, well, the baton system will help you identify where the gaps are. And then you know what you need to do as part of the gaps. To fill those gaps, there's two ways to do it. Come and chat to us within the Slack group, and that's completely free, that's in the description below. And let us know where you think your gap is then what myself and Carl can do is point you towards a BBO show week, a building businesses online show week where we may talk about or where we have talked about in the past, which part of the baton system you your business needs supporting. And then you go ahead and watch that week. And that's a really good way to not only identify your gaps, get confirmation that is where your gap is, and then do something about it, extremely powerful. So that's a description, a wide description of Baton, where we are, why it's really powerful and why it's useful. So now let's refocus back on audience and how, Carl, how do we first, how should we first think about audience when approaching it? Sure, well, 
<laughs> we can't quite put away the baton system because we do need to make reference to the first section of baton, which is business. Mm -hmm. In the business section, we worked out what it is that we do, what value we are creating for the world, what uh, expertise, what knowledge, what skill, what can we bring to a marketplace that they value. Um, and we talked about how the easiest way to find something that's valuable for a market is to solve one of their problems. There's a group of people out there who have a problem um, and you as a business can come in and solve that problem using a product, using a service, using um, your free content, whatever it is. It's all about problem solving and helping them get a result. That's basically what business is and they will pay us for that. They'll pay us for the, um, uh, for the work that we have put in creating that value. So unless you haven't nailed down what your value is, what your business value is, and what your business does, then it doesn't really make sense to get on a rooftop and yell and shout and talk about how great your business is. Because um, most people will see through you. They'll be like, well, no, that sounds like a load of rubbish, or I don't find that useful. Why are you telling me this? Um, so yes, this week we're going to talk about how you get their attention, but we want to make sure that what you're saying has some value. Um, so we always start in the business section for that reason. That said, we're going to assume you've got through all of that already. Um, you found your market, you found uh, what problems you're going to be solving. You have started to sketch out ideas for products and services you could provide that particular market. We're going to assume you've done all that. And this week, we're going to be talking about how we start to tell the market about what it is we have to offer. If you have not got to this point yet and you do not know what value you offer the world, what value you offer the market, go back, go back and have a look at the business because everything you build from this point on, whether it's audience, tribe, um, moving into the offer and the network stage, if it's not built on that firm foundation of uh, giving value and solving the problem, it's not going to matter. You might have some success, but it's not going to be sustainable. So nail that first, then come back to this audience and we'll go from here. Absolutely. So assuming that you do have a business idea that's verified, it works, and it's ready to go into, it's coming through the business, it's ready to go into the audience section, Let's now talk about what we're going to be covering this week. And essentially, there's five components that, and there's a lot more, but we want to get you started with five. There's essentially five components to make it understandable on what system can we use within the audience section to attract an audience's attention, to get people to see us. Now, these... Four components. Am I missing one? Yeah, you're, the consistency. That's four. So we've got... Content matching platform time. Four components. Four components. Very important. <laughs> Four components. And it's easier. We've made it 20% easier. We've made it 20% easier. And by Friday, we may give you a bonus component to make it five. But I said, yeah, there's four components. Those four components are content, messaging, platform, time. And time is linked with consistency. You can put consistency in brackets there. How long do I need to do something for? So let's quickly talk into the spaces. I'll kick off with talking about content. When we talk about content, what we're saying is, what do we talk about? What are we actually saying out there in the online world? And that is what we're going to be focusing on Tuesday. The first thing, identifying what to talk about. Because yes, there's one element where we can just make things up and we can just guess what people want to hear. But we're going to talk you through a way in, in order to determine what people actually want to hear based on some data sources and then build from that point. So that's the first one. What's the second one, Carl? So the second one is related. It's messaging. It's 
how we are saying what we're saying. So Tuesday or tomorrow, we're going to be looking at content, what we're saying. Messaging is how are we going to say it. Um, so we're going to include subtopics here like branding, uh, your name, uh, how you come across, um, what kind of methods we are using to talk to our audience. And that's going to be on Wednesday. And that section is messaging. Okay. And then the third one is platform. And this is probably the first question we get. Uh, and I get it all the time from clients and friends. Oh, what platform should we post on? They may have started posting on a certain platform. Is this the best platform to post on? So we're going to be doing a deep dive onto platforms. And what we mean by that is where shall this content be distributed? Where shall this content be published? And we'll be talking about that Thursday. So be, please be patient. Uh, I know that's a, that's a typical burning question where, look, we assume that we know what we want to talk about. We've got an idea. It hasn't been verified yet, but we'll help you with that. And I'm ready to talk about it. So what you'll, like, what you'll notice here is that platform comes after determining what we need to say and how we're going to say it. Then the platform comes into place. Without those two components, with the platform, we're just guessing. We're just saying, oh, well, I think YouTube's good because my friends got a whole bunch of subscribers within a month. Or I think Facebook's good because it's got some really cool features of the background. Or I think Instagram's good because everybody says Instagram's a place to grow your business. Or I've seen somebody getting good results from it. So we want to help demystify all of those assumptions. But that comes on Thursday. And then finally, Kyle, on Friday. Finally, on Friday, we're going to take all of the work that we've been doing over this week. And we're going to show you how to make it more systematic and consistent, um, which is really necessary because... Friday and the final component of the system is time, time and consistency. It's all well and good working out your content, working out your messaging, working out your platform um, to get your message out, to get your business message and value out. But you need to keep doing it consistently over time. Um, that's because it just takes time to build an audience um, and there's no real shortcut around this. Um, and because of that, we're going to be looking on Friday about how we make it easier for you to continue producing content to continue getting your message out on your particular platform. So that's going to be the, the critical final component, consistency and time. Yeah. And that last one is one of the key components people miss. Um, and there's ways to do it consistently with some techniques that we'll share on Friday, which help the work that you're doing, give you an advantage, um, which again, most people miss, but again, hang in stick with us and we'll be sharing that on Friday. So that's it. That's the four components, not five, four components, content, messaging, platform, and time with consistency in brackets. Those are the, those are the four components which will help uh, make up audience and give you a better chance of success when it comes to attracting an audience's attention, building an audience, and then later leveraging that audience going forward within the baton system. But that's mm. that's information for a later time. I think it, I think it's very important just to quickly uh, highlight the fact that we aren't just saying, hey, go and start a YouTube channel. That's what most digital marketers would do. That's what Hans has just alluded to when he says, people ask him, what platform should I use? Most of the time, if you're watching anything to digital marketing or building a business, they'll just say, yeah, go, go and start doing Instagram Live periscope that's where you need to be they're talking about the tools these are places these are platforms absolutely where you can build an audience but we are this week we're really stripping it back to the fundamentals and we're focusing on the fact that we are a business 
first and foremost, you're a business, you provide value to a marketplace. So we need to base all our decisions this week, content, messaging, platform, and consistency and time. We need to base this on delivering value as a business. So it's all well and good for us to spend a week telling you how to set up a, a, a great Facebook page and how to promote your Facebook page. That may or may not be relevant to your particular business. That's why we're not jumping in and just giving you tools. So if at any point you are chomping at the bit and like, when are you going to show me how to set up a YouTube channel? That stuff's easy. What we're showing you this week is the fundamentals that mean that all your efforts, all the technical efforts setting up a YouTube channel or get live on Periscope, uh, Twitter live, all of that will actually pay off because we've laid this foundation of uh, business focused thought. So if you do find yourself getting impatient, we do other weeks where we do talk about tools. Like last week, we talked about Kindle. Kindle is a tool for building an audience. Kindle Direct Publishing is a tool for building up an audience. Um, we do lots of videos and lots of series on those tools, on those particular methods. This week is a lot more fundamental. This is a lot more foundational. Um, and I'm hoping you'll have a, a greater understanding of the whole system by the end of this week. Yeah. So in the future, if somebody says to you, oh, you've got to start a YouTube channel because this this kid just, you know, doesn't never have to work again because they created, they create loads of ad revenue via their YouTube channel. You know, you can help, you can help not get sucked in to that. You know, you can avoid getting sucked into that discussion. And then what plays on your shiny toy syndrome. Yeah. Shiny toys, uh, shiny penny syndrome. And, and then, then it becomes, that is what occupies your mind. Whereas what should be occupying your mind is the principle and foundation first because then everything else makes sense. What tools to use, what techniques to use. Uh, and then you become laser focused in your approach. And that's the key. So for example, if it if we work out that uh, Kindle Direct Publishing is the right place for you, what the right tool for you to use once we understand the principle and the basis of this, then that's great because now you become laser focused and then go watch that week. And then you'll, you'll be uh, almost close to guaranteeing your success because you have a laser focus and you've done the work in order to determine that's the right tool for me rather than looking at what's the what's the best five tools to get social media business results in 2020 that's not going to give you the result um depends. truly not well it depends yeah the, the answer is it depends you may get lucky um, it depends but we'll show you how to choose the right tool for the job yes that's the purpose of this week and that's the right approach to take, um, that uh, that uh, approach that Carl's just mentioned there. So let's now get focused on audience, what it is, and we'll give you some case studies on people who've done it very, very well. Uh, somebody who's done it very well over a period of time and something as an example, which is a complete polar opposite of something that's fairly new, but appears to be doing quite well as well based on the data. So talking about audience let's talk about the basis and the context of audience which is which can be seen as extremely com complex the complexity comes from how do i get heard online when it's ridiculously busy now we could pull up some statistics but all you have to do is type into google what how many videos are uploaded onto youtube how many blog posts are published today and those kind of statistics will be mind-boggling and then if we can narrow that down and find out how many of those are business related or business orientated and how much ad spend 
advertising revenue is spent, then it becomes scary. And that's when people can get overwhelmed and it appears complex. So how uh, do we... Just the numbers just because they are fascinating. You can mm -hmm. go to uh, internetlifestats.com. So I can tell you, for example, uh, 400 403 million 500 is changing all the time. 403 million tweets have been sent today. Okay. Uh, three, I can't even read that number. I guess that's 3.8 billion videos have been viewed on YouTube today. Uh, 44 million, oh, no, 45 million just went up. Uh, photos have been posted on Instagram today, et cetera, et cetera. It's just the numbers are phenomenal. Um, oh, well, that's good. Facebook has just recently hit two and a half billion users. So they're uh, doing pretty well. Wow. So, so I guess you're probably sitting here thinking, yeah, but all digital marketers tell me that I need to go viral. I need to yeah. go, I need to have a viral hit video. Uh, look at those numbers. Just look at those numbers and just try to work out where would you like to spend your energy? The concept of viral is, is a very dangerous one. It comes back from the days where like, Internet marketing 2.0 was a new thing. We were talking about new media um, when things like websites and selling things on websites was actually novel. Um, virality and um, viral videos comes from that time. It's an old concept, but for some reason it has leaked into uh, the popular, the way we talk about um, the internet now. Although well, we'll probably be using it less after Corona because of virality. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens with that. But the idea of virality is it's a video that spreads itself. So you don't need to necessarily, um, as a business, promote that video. You don't need to um, spend money getting it out to people. The problem with virality is that what gets shared around is not necessarily going to be what's good for your business. Somebody uh, you know, falling off a log or a fat baby eating dumplings might go viral. How are you going to tie that to your particular business? Um, so we do get people who come to us and they're like, hey, we want to get our video to go viral. No, we create something that is valuable um, to your market so that later on, we can actually start to convert that audience into your tribe. They're the people who care and we can convert that tribe into your customers using offer stage. So just getting a large audience no longer makes sense anymore. You've seen how many people are online, how many videos are being Circulated, yes, you can probably grab a percentage of that um, and get your message in front of people, but we need to make sure they care, um, which is going to be the next stage. So again, we come back to value. We come back to value and we come back to uh, keep it simple. Uh, you know, there's that acronym, uh, KISS, keep it simple, and then you can decide what the last word is. Now, Silly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the gentle one. Um, so that's why we're focusing on content, message, messaging, platform, and time. So we're going to say, how do we simplify this complexity and work at it from a principle level first, which is content, messaging, platform, and time. Uh, consistency being in brackets there as an example. So let's give you an example of somebody who did keep it simple amongst this extremely complex world that is online media, online content production, uh, digital marketing, where some people's focus is on virality, some people's focus is on grabbing people's attention uh, in different ways. Let's, let's look at somebody who's almost not had to do it in the ways you would typically think, and they've done it in the time when those numbers that Carl described earlier exist. Mm -hmm. So they've done it in that period. So they're not, they haven't done it well before 
there was all this internet hype. They've done it in pretty much the decade on when the internet and when people were uploading an incredible amount of content and media. So the first example is, some people may be aware, but some people may not. I feel like she's a household name now, but Yoga with Adrian. And what's what made you want to pull her article? Part, I mean, of course, apart from the fact that she's a great example of somebody who's keeping it simple um, and cutting through the noise. And it's actually a very simple formula. Hmm. So Yoga with Adrian, she's just been crowned the queen of quarantine yoga or something like that. She's done she's done extremely well um, during this quarantine period, but she's been um, building up her following, building her audience over over time. Um, and recently, in the Guardian, a newspaper here in the UK, um, there was a profile piece about her, um, and I thought it was a really interesting article. Also, my girlfriend does uh, yoga with Adrian. I think it was the forty fourth day in a row was this morning. Um, so maybe because I'm seeing Adrian every single day. It's top of mind for me. Um, I, I, I've done the yoga with Adrian. So w- whenever I wanted to do yoga, I, I do it sporadically and not, not a consistent uh, yoga person. I will go to yoga with Adrian because mm-hmm. because of some awesome stuff, awesome ways that she uh, titles her yoga uh, sessions. So you can really target, oh, this is probably going to be the session for me. So we can, let's link the Guardian article because they actually talk about that in the article. But we will go through um, using the framework we've given you, so content, messaging, platform, and time. Let's have a quick look at Yoga with Adrian based on that. Great. So on that first point, content, when you do have a particular problem, like, okay, my back's hurting, so I want to do some restorative yoga for my lower back. If you type in restorative yoga, uh, lower back, Yoga with Adrian will show up. So there are many, many, many people doing yoga videos on YouTube. Uh, YouTube is her platform. There are many people on YouTube doing yoga. Why does she show up? Okay, for a number of reasons, but one, which is highlighted in the article, the Guardian article, which we'll link, um, early on, her and her partner actually did some research. Um, They did some research into what people search for on YouTube, what people search for on Google, and they pulled down a list, and it was things like lower back pain service workers. Um, on my feet all day, lower back pain, etc. And then she did yoga videos for each of those problems specifically. Yeah. So if you're sitting at a desk all day in your office and you get upper back pain, for example, I don't know if that's a thing. If that showed up in the YouTube data, Adrian has done a video on it. So it yeah, be, uh, yoga for upper back pain uh, for office workers, for example. So she, what? She, so what she does really well is she does not guess or make up what people want to hear um and you know she's she's actually what she describes in the article she struggled with that concept because to get in front of people we need to identify what their problems are what are they talking about now of course coming from an authentic place you're just like i want to do what's right but also how do i get discovered so if she hadn't done this kind of research she would again be a ghost on youtube a ghost on the internet altogether so what she's saying is what problems do people actually have and what are they searching for? And again, we'll talk about how you identify this in a week. What are they searching for? Okay, let me produce videos or at least the headline produce videos as well as parts of the content that meet that requirement. So she's got things on upper back, lower back, mid back, um, uh, runners yoga or yoga for runners, uh, yoga for marathon runners, yoga for uh, anxiety. She said that's what, that's a big one. Now, those 
topics people are searching for and she is supplying that demand uh, in terms of what content she produces. That's why she has stood head and shoulders above everybody else. But it was it wasn't by accident. So you can look at uh, the the way she comes across. We talk about messaging in a moment. Uh, is it looks like it's all done by accident, but the reality is no. She's done some research and homework, and as we go into the messaging element, platform maybe, but certainly the messaging, we'll find that she almost has found an intersection of things that or a type of yoga or a style of yoga that just didn't exist or it wasn't very well served. So let's just let's now, just on that note, what's what did you identify in terms of her messaging? So if you haven't watched it with Adrian, she's she's very goofy. Uh, she makes silly jokes. She makes kind of double entendres and then kind of giggles to herself. It's a very a very um, attractive and interesting image. I think that is entirely her. Yes. That is that yes. is her personality. There there is authenticity. Um, interestingly, there are, her more recent videos are just a camera pointed at her and it's her unedited, just kind of chatting and burbling away to herself. They're very authentic, whereas previous ones used to be her going through yoga positions and then she does a voiceover afterwards and they're a lot more serious. They're not really very much fun. Um, and I think she's moved towards more authentic because she she does have a, a, very, uh, a very attractive, a very likable character. That said, there are certain parts of the messaging which have definitely been um, decided upon. Uh, in the article, they talk about this. There are things like she wears mismatched clothing. So she she's not head to toe in um kind of lululemon lululemon yeah or kind of some uh, high yoga fashion instead it's kind of bits and pieces and it looks a little bit scruffy she'll have a scruffy headband on and stuff like that and that works really well with her image the other big part of messaging is benji her dog she has a dog who comes in seemingly kind of interrupts her while she's doing yoga and then just kind of lies down and has a nap next to her benji the dog has become part of yoga with adrian and it's part of it as well people love seeing the dog come in and uh, sit next to her while she's doing uh doing yoga some people might say no i'm doing my yoga videos the dog stays outside they made a decision no the dog comes inside and the dog becomes part of that messaging part of the image of yoga with adrian um and that's a conscious decision and a very clever one it's also been copied um yoga with candice and yoga with tim are other yoga channels where the dog is very visible um, <laughs> during the videos. So this is, I won't say calculated, but it's um, parts of the personality which also align with what uh, the audience wants to see. It makes it more enjoyable for them. And similar to the content, the content using keywords to find out uh, what people are actually searching for. It's not manipulative in the sense that you are just trying to game the algorithms. Instead, it is, okay, you have specific problems, you have specific needs, I'm here to serve them. If me being goofy and me wearing mismatched clothes and me having Benji the dog kind of wander in and sit next to me also helps you um, to get through the yoga sessions, makes them more enjoyable, that's great. Absolutely great. And I think that's, it's a mix of planning and authenticity. And I do not think the planning uh, in any way undermines the authenticity. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And when I spoke about intersection leading into this, this what what we're, what we're saying here is you know some yoga on youtube and this was pretty much all there was uh, back in the day uh, seven eight nine years ago is high end you know 
tranquil you've got this uh, kind of sound in the background meditative sound the some somebody's doing on the beach or somebody's doing in a in an exotic jungle and it's amazing but it's also uh very far fetched for the regular person now don't get me wrong those channels are massive but that is one type of messaging that's one type of brand that's that's one type of this is what we're representing then there's the other which is Okay, we're doing it at, or we're doing it in a gym. We're doing it for everyday people. Uh, we're doing it in a yoga studio. That's one type of thing, which is closer to an, uh, how a regular person would interact. And then you've got somebody else doing it at home in a very simplest in their in their living room or one of their side rooms. Very simplistic. They they're keeping the components very simple. Clothing, the way she talks is not serious. We've got we've got the dog, which if you know anything about human psychology, it's a it's a, one of the big, big animals are a big factor in, in that as a, as a medium. So those are extremely simple, but she didn't decide to go for this high end appeal. She didn't go decide to go into a yoga studio or gym, hire it out and get some studio lighting and so forth. She did it at home. So that's her messaging. And I think she did again, manufacture the, or research is probably a good word, research what people want or where there is a gap in the market for YouTube and then serve it. And, and she served it fantastically well. Then the next thing is YouTube, the platform. And in very simple terms, ideally, we want the platform to, to fit the kind of content that you're producing as closely as possible. So what, what platform best serves your content? So for example, if you are a writer, then maybe a blog platform, a website, or a website like medium.com, somewhere where you can actually write, somewhere like Twitter, somewhere where you can actually just write. And the platform is very well optimized for that type of media. So a platform which is very optimized for video, by far the most incredible platform for video is YouTube. So she's got the type of content, which is video, which matches very well with the platform YouTube. Now she could have done it on Facebook. She could have done it on Vimeo or similar. But if you look at when she started, Facebook was a terrible video tool and arguably still is. You know, Facebook watches is not quite, doesn't quite host the amazing content that YouTube does. So she's, yeah, it's not YouTube. It's not YouTube. It's not, YouTube is built for video. Instagram is built for photos, which is why their video sucks. Facebook is built, is almost an average of everything but it's not solely a video platform. So YouTube is ideal. So that makes sense. Now, the final part is we spoke about time. What, how long has she been doing it? I checked her first video and it was seven years ago. Um, so there is consistency there. Uh, it is possible to pull up kind of graphs showing how a channel grows over time. I haven't done it for this, um, but I imagine you will see because you see this with nearly every YouTube channel, you see flat, 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 and then it oh, it starts going, and then whoosh, it zooms up. Um, I think it mentioned in the article that she's making, or she could be making, potentially one hundred eighty thousand dollars a month, a month, from her YouTube account at the moment. Just um, ads, just on ads, just on ads. But mm. she, I think she has a business on the back end of that as well, which is um, doing workshops, and I think she has a private group. Uh, I'm not sure whether it is on Patreon, maybe. Um, so you can get to that kind of level, but it takes a while. And you will yeah. see, nothing. And then ooh, you might get a little jump because maybe you've done a podcast or 
be some kind of nudge in your audience factor and then it will start slowly start to grow and you see this pattern again and again and again and again the bigger get bigger on places like youtube because the bigger you are the more views you have the more likes the more comments you have the more engagement the more likely a platform like youtube is to show your content to more people and therefore you get bigger and bigger this is very similar on all of the platforms yeah yeah and that that's very much how how the algorithm works now we don't want to dive into that at the moment but seven years is time and if we think about uh, what the word i put into brackets which was consistency she if you look go and have a look at her channel uh, yoga with adrian you just have to type in adrian on any google now i'm sure she'll come up is she consistently did this for the first two years and having look at having look, having had looked at that report i think she hit about 200,000 subscribers over a two-year period it was a very slow slog to get to that um seven years ago plus two years then like carl said it exponentially grew through the roof because the big gets bigger but it was consistent you could just go and have a look at the amount of videos she's posted consistently what feels like on a schedule as well and it's incredible to see now you're only going to get those results even if if somebody like yoga with adrian it's very easy to look at them now and say oh yeah well they're massive but two years consistent three years consistent four years seven that's that's almost a decade and that's no different to spending a decade in your career to climb up the corporate ladder or, or get into a managerial or senior partner position. Although no, arguably she's doing a lot better than that if she's making... <laughs> yes, yeah, so she made, a, she made a choice on where she wants to commit mm-hmm. that time, consistent time. Because if you think about your job, you turn up every single day. Ten, in 10 years in the job, if you have any form of ambition or you've just, just because of the time and the consistency you've been in one corporation or company or workplace, you're going to climb the ranks. You're going to be, have more responsibility. You're going to be well-known within that organization. Building YouTube channels almost feels like it's similar. Seven years, yep, you've got some growth. Great. It's going to be different for different people. But I think her, her success has also come from understanding the audience element quite well, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, and understanding how to research content, keeping the messaging simple, understanding the platform, and then just doing it for seven years straight. Um, I have no doubt the first six months would have been tough. The first year would have been tough, but she did it and she's still going. Well, the, there will be some people sitting at home going, ah, oh, seven years, oh, that's a long time. She's probably making a quarter million dollars a month. So Hans was just given ideas of, you know, okay, you'd work in your job for seven years to get promotions. If you do that, you're still not going to be getting paid a quarter million dollars uh, a month. It's it's different scales, but it's going to take time and there's no shortcuts. Absolutely. Now, let's look at a, another example. So that's somebody who's not at the end of their career, but somebody who's in a place where you think, OK, well, they've quote unquote, they've made it or they've, they're very successful within that platform of YouTube. They built an online business, which is fantastic. And she has businesses off the back of that which is great. So let's look at something which is, which I'm involved in, which is now is very much at the still at the early phase. If you look at that seven year graph or seven year growth curve, it's very much in the early stages. So let's look at the Growth Tribes podcast as an example. So I co-host that with a guy called Dr. Rohan Weirasinger. And let's think about the first element, which is the content. So the content is very much focused on personal growth and development. So again, that's not 
guess. That's not guessing what people want. We're working on the same formula that Adrian with yoga has done. And we have via experience and also understanding what we'll teach you this week, working out what people want to hear and what's on trend, what people want to hear, when they want to hear it, and then speaking into that space. So that's the content itself. Now, Carl, what, what's your take on the messaging? So I think your messaging is very clever. Um, it is, oh, I guess I'd explain it as a generational transfer of wisdom. So almost like you have an elder in the community who is passing down what they've learned. They're passing down um, yeah, that wisdom to the next generation. So Dr. Ro, uh, Rohan is uh, a generation above Arminda, or Harms, and is talking to Harms about his journey, really, what he's been doing the last 20 years or so, um, which has allowed him to get into a position where he is today. So he can give you and the listeners a, a leg up in the same direction. So whether that's about money, whether that's about relationships, whether that's about uh, children, for example, it's okay, I've been through all of this. These are the things I've learned. And these are the things you should know, which is going to make your life a lot easier moving forward and allow you to reach uh, your goals and reach the vision of what your life should be. Which I think is a really cool concept, especially because uh, there are some people out there who don't necessarily have that that chain, um, that knowledge being passed down by older generations. Yeah, so that's I mean that was very much the focus on when we when we started to talk about what do we want this project to be, and it was actually a legacy project in the sense that when we disappear from this earth, there's a message left behind. Now that message is that trans transference of wisdom which is mm. which is spot on and that transference also happens in the other direction so from a younger person up to the older generation and what we're acting as is a voice to somebody listening in a almost a mirror to somebody listening into the podcast in which we we're having a conversation well this is the challenge the younger generation are facing does the older generation understand it mm. the older generation have never faced the challenge like that but what is similar now, to help things, I think he's he spoke on stage with Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Richard Branson, Robert Kiyosaki. He spoke to thousands of people um, in terms of uh, stage uh, all over the world as well, Singapore, Hong Kong, through Europe. And in addition to that, interventional coach, transformational coach, run his own uh, transformational personal development seminars, as they're known as, uh, author of a book on change, the turning point. So it helps when somebody has those expertise, but that is the expertise that we spoke about in the business section. And now he understands what value he can provide to the marketplace. He's been in the marketplace, so it makes it easier. The next question then is, we had this is so this is fairly new, and the decision we had to make was what platform do we put this media content onto? Uh, and we had discussions. We had discussions with Kyle, our internal digital marketing team, to work out what is the right platform? And the platform we decided to go with was podcast. And Carl, what's your thoughts on why that's a, why that, or why that we feel was a good decision? So my preference, as you know, is always video because you can also pull the audio from the video. However, in this particular case, it's almost like the discussion required a, not a safe space, but it required a kind of a, a sacred holy space for the two of you to be able to discuss and between the two of you i think you decided that audio was a better uh, a better medium for that just a bit more intimate a bit more personal 
And I think for the uh, the person listening in as well, it's as if you're sitting in the same room listening into a discussion. Um, and based on that, we didn't we decided the video didn't add a huge amount uh, to that. Being able to listen in your headphones while you're driving or um, you know you're in bed or you're exercising is quite is quite convenient. So a podcast was the format we set up on. Yeah, and then it allows people to, and then again, you have to understand what your media your medium is and what what message you're getting across and what platform best suits that um what kind of format so podcast which will which is published on spotify a viral web player apple podcast Castbox, um sits on the host's website as well so it it in terms of audio it's it's on all of these platforms which makes it very quickly available to people who like to listen on their preferred platform some people love apple podcast but some people spend all their time in spotify so in that sense it's great it's also a kind of background listen what i love about an audio uh, media is you can do something whether washing the dishes going for a run and listen to a podcast at the same time so that's why we determined that was the platform or commuting remember this commuting. most people listen to podcasts while commuting you and i don't do that uh, and in fact in the uk it's a lot less but in the us in particular that's why podcasts are massive in the us because the average commute in the us i believe is an hour and a half a day um, it's got to be close to that. I used to, I used to commute an hour there and sometimes an hour and a half back on yeah. the M4, I'm trying to remember the motorway, M4 um, from Hayes to Reading. And if that road got busy, that was an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So when I was commuting, podcasts were still very raw and very new. So for me, it was audiobooks, but very very similar scenario. So that, you can't watch a video, obviously, or you shouldn't be watching a video. You shouldn't be watching a video. You can't watch a video. And, um, you know, if you listen to, so let, let's take our podcast and turn it to something, or let's compare it to something like Joe Rogan's podcast. Yes, he has a video format, but what's fascinating is how many people, would be fascinating to look at, how many people listen to an audio versus video. Mm. And how many people, when watching the video, actually watch the video? Because I have it playing on YouTube via video, listen to Joe Rogan podcast. But I'm always doing something. I'm not. I'm not watching Joe Rogan's face and then the person. Joe Rogan's face and the person is not typically what I'm doing. I have the audio in the background. Now the next key element there is we now we've identified the platform for this new podcast, which is which has been running. We're on episode coming up to episode thirty now. Is consistency. So the consistency of the podcast is again we're very early if you compare it to something like Yoga with Adrian but we've been doing it once a week. We decided that is doable uh, and a consistent schedule for us to stick by considering we have the businesses and lives and families and so on and so forth. So a new episode every single week. Now that was our consistent action. And on our notes, I've got an extract from the dashboard. And if you were to look at this, it's a graph which is slowly, so the visual picture is, it's just a graph which is slowly increasing there's a few dips, which means some episodes maybe weren't a hit uh, or people, you know, that topic wasn't resonating with them. So there was no downloads and then it slowly increases. But the trend is it's increasing over time. And if you look at 30 day, thirty podcasts and the all-time download figure is 5.7 thousand downloads. And in the last 30 days, there's been 872 downloads. Last seven days, which means a new podcast has been dropped in the last seven days, is 203 downloads. Yesterday, mm. 20. 
And I mean, that's pretty cool for a podcast, which is completely organic, actually. Um, we're not we're not advertising against it. We yeah, it's pretty organic. So that's pretty cool. That shows you a a what consistency, even at a tiny frame in looking at a 10, 20 year window, we're looking at 30 episodes, 30 weeks, how quickly something can start to grow when you have uh, consistency, when you when you consistently put time behind it. Um, it's very different to all the thousands of podcasts out there, which maybe did five episodes and they just gave up. Which is the majority, um, because people do not see the results they're expecting immediately. Because I think a lot of people are used to the, you know, not get rich quick, but immediate results, immediate um, gratification. But it takes time. Um, and what you've done, doing it once a week, you've decided amongst the two of you, okay, this is consistent, this is sustainable. Because yes, you'd probably go faster you probably get more listeners if you do one every single day. But from a sustainability point of view, no, it's impossible. We are doing, um, Hans and I are doing one a day of this BBO show because we have decided that's sustainable for us and that's fine. Um, and hopefully we'll be rewarded by the algorithms and we'll be able to go faster because of the volume of content. But you at home, you need to be thinking, okay, what is sustainable? Because so many people, as Hans just mentioned, they will get really excited they'll do a bunch of podcasts or a bunch of videos or a bunch of photos whatever it is uh or they'll spend a week just blasting out lots of blog articles post them nothing happens and they think well i just spent a lot of time and a lot of energy doing that and i didn't get the results i was expecting so what do they do they stop so instead you say okay this is what i can sustainably do consistently over time and i mean i know it's old hat but the uh, the tale of the, the hare and tortoise, the tortoise wins eventually. And that's very much the case online. We see it with Yoga with Adrian. We see it again and again and again and again. We see whoever sticks with it will win. Mm, absolutely. And that, that's, that's one of the messages here. So what, we, what we're trying to do in this first episode, this first day, Monday, is give you some examples of people out there who are uh, have implemented these four simple rules or components in regards to building an audience, which is content, messaging, platform, and time and consistency. Those are the four key components that they've done. And you can look at anybody who's either starting or is considered successful within their own domain. And if you're making uh, 200 grand a month in regards to YouTube, yes, you're successful. So what were they doing well? What were they doing very simple well? And I think something we will always struggle with as humans is, hang on a minute, something that simple? No, what what you just mean, she did yoga videos over a seven-year period with her dog featuring, and she made the yoga videos really simple in her house, and she makes 200 grand a month. No, nah, it can't. It can't. No, it can't be that easy. And that's the battle that you're going to have to overcome. And I've, I've had to deal with this with clients in my own head at times. It sometimes... Well, it can't be that easy. Yes, it is. The, the missing component here is number one, identify, identifying what people want to hear. And, and look at number four is the consistency. They're, they're, they're probably, if I was to highlight two personally, the magic, the magic pill or the magic components. Unfortunately, the consistency one is a pill you have to take on a weekly slash daily basis. Now, I've started to introduce this topic, but who is who won't this work for? You know, what, what mindset has to somebody be in for this not to work for them? 
Yeah, so this links back to that on the system again. Remember, we have business, we have audience, we have tribe, we have offer, we have network. We do not start selling to people until we get to offer. So this means when we're in the audience stage, we're giving away value free. We're giving away information. If you are of the mindset that there are, there's such a thing as trade secrets or what you do is very, you need to protect it. You can't tell people um, about what it is, about what value you provide unless they pay you. This um, method of building up an audience and as a whole, the baton system is probably not going to work for you. Um, and we're just saying that now because it's not really worth your time and energy going through the system if that's going to be a roadblock for you personally. We very much believe that ideas are cheap. Um, information is cheap. It's the putting pen to paper or recording your videos, getting content out there, um, putting the work in. That's the important thing, not the actual ideas. So if you are very protective of what it is you know and your expertise, this probably won't work. Just yeah. want to say yeah, so there's there's two uh, there's two key principles Carlos touched upon there, which is one, look, information is free right now. Information is out there, and if you come from the approach that trade, uh, you know, I've got trade secrets. What I have is extremely valuable. People should pay for what, what knowledge I have up front. Now, if Yoga with Adrian took that approach, um, she would probably have a yoga studio in her hometown, maybe a handful of customers who come visit her. That would be the output there. Ideas are cheap. Now, the reality is we've just explained it. The results come from putting in the work. We can all have as many ideas and ideas are, are can, if you are in a creative mind, mindset and you start doing idea creation, they're endless. That bookshelf at the back is full of ideas, but executing on the idea is critical here. And then the final key concept is something that I think people understand but are still uncomfortable with actually doing, which is you've got to give to get in return. You've got to sometimes give, 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 give some more, and then give some more, and then give some more before you can even receive anything. So what probably is a good caveat to add there is you have to give without any kind of expectation, certainly in the first instance, before we can ask and actually receive something in reverse. The, what the, so these are the principles that we think are critical when it comes to audience building. So we spoke about the components, but these are the, these are like the, the mental principles that are essential. And, you know, the reality is if you don't, well, well, I think, Kyle, what's the alternative to this? That's probably the best way to describe it. Sure. I think one important thing we should mention is the two of us, we run a digital marketing agency. People pay us for the information we're giving you for free. They pay us for a reason because we will do the work for them. Uh, we will give the information to them faster, but we still give out a lot of information. We still want to teach. We still want to provide value to the world because we know that helps our business further down the line. I think that's worth pointing out. Mm. Yeah, um, we have an example of that. I think that, that is great. But yeah, what... give, give, give. So the alternatives, the alternatives to... All right, so if you don't want to give away value, if you don't want to build an audience this way, you can absolutely spend money. You can spend money on advertising, so direct uh, direct ads and promotion, um, and it works. It absolutely works. You can get people straight to that sales uh, element. So without building up an audience, without building the tribe, you can take them straight to offer and start making sales, start generating revenue. Um, it works. The main problem is it 
costs a lot of money because you haven't built up an audience. You haven't built up a tribe of people who care about you. Instead, you're just saying, hey, buy this. Some of them will, most of them won't. So because of that, it costs money, a lot of money. And the other big problem is if you turn off that tap, if you um, reduce the amount of money you're spending or you stop spending money on advertising, then you stop making sales. Um, you are tied to your input, which is cash in this particular uh, situation, for your output, which is going to be your sales. Whereas instead, if our input is free information, value, service, um, that is a much more sustainable way to continue making sales, even if we're not um, producing, even if we're not putting in cash. So we prefer it, basically. Absolutely. So what we give you then is an example of what we believe are the key principles um, almost underlying the entire battle system, uh, especially in the audience section. Then what are the alternatives? And the alternatives do work, but they come with two massive disadvantages. And when we work with clients, you know, they are in a position where they can't switch off that advertising revenue. Otherwise, the business stops completely. There's no, uh, there's no free information out in the market from them. There's no... Um, there's no give, 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 give principle in terms of here's lots of value, guys, and you know just come and purchase from us when it's time. Now, what we're not saying is that Facebook ads are bad, Google ads are bad, YouTube ads are bad. We're not saying any of that is bad. We will actually cover those in, in future weeks as part of tools and techniques yeah, within the BBO show, absolutely. But what we would prefer you to use is, is use them as tools but in this sequence, if we build up an audience using the content, the messaging, the platform, and the consistency, those four come first. Then we give those for the power of advertising as an additional, you know, think of it as an additional boost. Then it becomes very effective. Then it becomes a maximum impact and becomes very, very powerful. But what most people do is don't do these four elements and they just advertise. So when you switch to advertising off, there's nothing to fall through. You just fall straight through the ground. Whereas mm. here, if, if there's times when we have to remove the advertising, that's cool. Well, we've got content out there. We've got messaging. We've got this component of consistent work and time out in the marketplace. And we've got the platform, which we've spent a lot of time developing as well. And the platform could also be a website, by the way. So that is the foundation. Advertising comes afterwards. Hopefully that makes sense at this stage. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I, we've really covered the basics already. Um, we've covered what we're going to be talking about this week, yeah. um, which is going to be the content, the messaging, the platform, and consistency. That's going to be Tuesday, that's tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That is the outline of the week. Hopefully we've given you a couple of examples of this in action. You could with, with Adrian as well worth checking out if you haven't already, especially for messaging, um, just to see how she's really nailed that down. We will also link the Guardian article uh, below this video because I think it's a good read from somebody who has uh, done this. And if you're at the beginning of your audience creation journey, it's a good story. Um, we did want to quickly close with a, a note, which is we try we try not to make our uh, our lessons too time sensitive, but this is something we can't not address. It's for businesses who are currently closed because of coronavirus, COVID-19, um, and why building an audience makes sense, um, even if 
your country or wherever you're based is about to start opening up and you think business is going to get back to normal, I think it's well worth talking about why audience is still something you definitely need to be doing uh, going forward. Yeah, so if you think about um, think about when lockdown happened and it came very quickly. Now, there was two types of uh, businesses, a business that had been building an audience. Remember those four foundational components and businesses that hadn't. Now, mm. businesses that hadn't suddenly had had their advertising removed because what's the point of advertising? Where are we sending people? But they had no audience built as a foundation, whereas the other businesses were very quickly able to pivot and, if anything, grow their success off the audience they had built. Um, companies come to mind such as uh, Gymshark. You know, Gymshark comes to mind. Gymshark spent an incredible amount of time creating an audience, a following, a powerful, powerful tribe that the moment they went offline, it didn't really change much for the business. It was almost built online first, then this offline distribution center of clothes um, entered the world. That's a great case study to look at as well. So for companies that actually had built an audience, Carl, what were the advantages? What, what, what did the audience give them that the companies that had not built an audience didn't get? So the ones without audiences basically had to go into hibernation. As you said, yeah, maybe they reduced their spending. Um, they're not running ads. They don't have staffing costs. Maybe they've got a rent holiday, whatever it is. They go into hibernation, but they're not really making money. They're not growing, that's for certain. If you had an audience in place beforehand, you could continue to make sales. Yeah, you might need to make some tweaks. You might need to go from offline to online, but at least you have this group of people that you can continue to talk to. You continue to make sales. Um, you have the next thing, which is going to be flexibility. You can go from offline to online relatively simple if you have this base, this asset of an audience already built up. So yeah, flexibility and sales, perfect. You can also use your reach. Let's say your um, business lockdown in one country. If you are global because of an online audience, it's going to matter less because there's going to be different rates of uh, slowdown in different countries. And you're able to, again, have that diversification and that flexibility moving online and moving through something like quarantine. We're not talking about uh, the fact that there's going to be multiple quarantines in the future. We're just talking about in general having an audience, having an online arm to a business gives you these, it gives you reach, gives you flexibility. Um, finally, it gives you authority and recognition. And these can be, these can be converted into sales, into products, even if you don't yet have anything in place. So for example, if you did sell, um, trying to think of a good example, if you're a coffee shop, and usually you rely on people coming in, buying coffee, buying a croissant, um, and then obviously with quarantine, that's off the table. People can no longer do that, but you have the authority and the recognition to quickly pivot to delivering through delivery. For example, people already know who you are. They will recognize your coffee brand and they will continue to, uh, get coffee from you, or you pivot into some kind of online shop selling at home coffee supplies. And again, you have that authority and recognition, even if you don't have the e-commerce infrastructure set up, it gives you just a much more stable foundation for dealing with crises like we're seeing right now. And all of this is built on being known, being yeah. known to people online. And, and, and this may seem like a hard or tough message if you were in that, that mm. kind of business that didn't build an audience. And 
and it's not meant to be like that. It's just meant to be, look, these are these are the advantages of having built an audience online. Whether you've got an offline shop, whether you've got an online business, the, the idea of building an audience is incredible for those four reasons. Mm. But now we face a slightly different challenge, which is, okay, great. Now everybody's um, locked down. Everybody has to get off the high street, get offline um, and cut, go online. But based on two factors we're seeing, people are struggling to build an audience online. And if you, I think there's ice cream brand outside. If you take, if you take the, if you take factor one, which is um, look how long it took without the added competition, but look how long it took um, Yoga with Adrian, two years to get 200,000 subscribers, seven years to get the millions that she's got now. That is time. That is not one month in lockdown. It's very, I got, I'm just going to say it's near enough impossible to replicate that kind of audience building online when within three weeks of lockdown, within two, four weeks of lockdown. So that's number one. It takes, it takes an incredible amount of time. Number two is it's going to be even more difficult or even greater struggle because everybody is coming online. So that's another big factor. Everybody's now coming online. Everybody's now fighting or competing to build an audience. You're also competing with people who've already got an audience. Okay, that's one element of competition. Element of competition number two is you're now competing with other people who are aggressively trying to build an audience online. That's where the struggle can get very, very tricky. Um, so if you take one message from this week is once you know what your business is, this audience section is critical. Yeah, and... So this, we're telling you this for a couple of reasons. Yes, it might sound a bit harsh, but if we do get into a crisis like this again, for whatever reason, having this online structure, having this online audience is going to help you weather that particular storm. Even if we don't hit any crises like this, and I really do hope we don't, life's going to be different coming out of this. Um, already, we are coming out into a new world. Certain companies are saying, yeah, we're going to stop um, you know, sending people on flights to go to meetings. We are going to allow people to work from home more often. A lot more. I'll give you two examples to show you how some businesses are shifting. There's one example, which is an, a company which was completely built remotely. So WordPress and Automatic, automatic the, the company that hosts a percentage mm. of websites out there in the world, was completely built remotely via chat apps. The other company, which is actually pivoted based on COVID-19 is Twitter. They recently announced that all staff will be working from home permanently. So that's two examples of the way things are shifting and people are seeing an opportunity to now pivot online, whether it's internally within a company uh, as an example, or you're going to start to see some amazing names appear who did a great job building their audience during um, this lockdown period as well. Um, I think people now know we don't need to be in person quite as much. Uh, we can use teleconferencing. We don't need to jump on a train or a plane to go and meet people. And I think this is going to change a lot of how business works. Um, there will also be ramifications for, let's say, your coffee shop. If people have been making their own coffee at home for the last six months and they've realized, oh, wow, I can save, you know, a couple hundred pounds a month by not going and buying lattes because I've bought this great latte machine, that's going to have a ramification on a high street business. Same for all businesses. Yoga studios, let's say you've been doing yoga with Adrian for the last 45 days. Suddenly that yoga subscription that you pay £60 a month for, suddenly that's looking less attractive. We don't know the ramifications of this yet, but 
it's going to be interesting to see how much we do return to the offline um, instead of staying online, because we have seen that these work. Uh, Zoom conferences work, teleconferencing, online yoga works. Um, so it's going to be a different world. Yeah, a different world altogether. And then things like big, big projects, for example, in the UK, we've got HS2, which is going to link the south to the mid-north of the country via rail link. And one of the big advantages of that is so you can get people physically to meetings, you can get people physically to a yep. workplace, open up job opportunities. But do you need to do that if it can be all done remotely? Do you need to do that if the Twitter CEO is saying our employees don't have to go to work uh, physically, they can go yep. to work remotely? Big, and big changes. There's already been talks. There's a lot of pushback against HS2 anyway for environmental reasons, etc. And it's costing a lot of money. Um, so the one of the big reasons for doing it was this. It was mobility, being able to get workers up and down the country, being able to facilitate meetings between the north and south. And quite logically, a lot of people are now saying, well, why don't we just use teleconferencing? We've just shown this is a real thing. Um, offices can be remote. We do not need to be in person. Why do we need a multi-billion dollar uh, railway shuttling people up and down the country? Um, why don't we take that money and instead use it to repair the economy? Anyway, that's a different matter for a different time. But the main message is if you are an existing offline business, a gym, a cafe, a clothes shop, then please, 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 right now, it's imperative. It's, it's more important than ever to start to leverage, not, not in the baton system, but actually get get yourself online um, and start to build an audience online. It's yeah. it don't, don't just think, oh, it's getting back to normal now. It's going to be the same because yeah, it's not. It's not going to be the same and you need to be ready to make that shift. Yeah, and, and and if if you're thinking, well, I don't have seven years, uh, or how can I wait two years or three years or four years to do something like what uh, Yoga with Adrian has done, then you know we're going to have to shift the mindset because there's the there's that classic cliche which is you know the, the best the best time to plant a tree or an oak tree. So I went I, I was with a dear friend and uh, we was doing our social distancing meeting one person outside the household walking through these amazing woods around here. Uh, where we live and they are oak trees and somebody you know the best time for somebody to plant that oak tree was 20 30 40 years ago um but if i saw that oak oak tree and i was like i would love to have that or my or my family to see an oak tree like that in the future or my community to see an oak tree like that in the future then when's the next best time the next best time is today and there's no better time than being in lockdown in a in a place where uh, you know, rather than go into hibernation, we go into creation mode and work out how we can start to build an audience. And that is what we are here to help you with this week. And we're saying all of this not to scare you, but to make, yeah, make the transition out of the quarantine and into this new world, whatever it looks like, um, smoother. Yeah. And hopefully this week will lay the foundations of that. If you run an offline business that needs a bit of assistance like this. Yeah, then you, you will find the answer on how to build an online business here from the ground up uh, and, and working from the ground. If you remember, those four components are key before you go and And again, it's not we are a digital marketing agency. So before you go and hire an agency, before you go start to pay for Facebook ads, which sit here, understand that what is massively important as well. Yes, sales are important, but let's not neglect these now, especially if we've been doing that in the past and the baton system treat this as a 
certainly what we do is there's a gap analysis on how to identify where, where are the gaps within our business and then start to plug those gaps, whether it's principle foundation basis as this week is, or it's tool and technique basis once you understand the principles and the foundations that we're talking about. So fantastic. Uh, we thought this was going to be a half an hour, 45 minute discussion. And as always on the BBO show, this is an exciting topic and it's an important topic. So it has taken a bit of time to get the message across, but hopefully you feel that it's valuable. Now, three things to do before we sign off. Subscribe to the show. Find the show notes on bbo.show. You just have to type that into your URL, bbo.show, uh, into your box in Chrome or Safari, whatever you use, and that website will appear. You'll find the show notes and another way to watch the video. We are now on audio, so you'll find us on podcast apps, Apple, Spotify. We've got the web player at bbo.show bbo as well. So go check that out. And that's it for today. And don't forget to come jump in onto our Slack group if you haven't already. That's the place to chat to myself and Kyle and get answers. You're burning, you're burning questions answered based on everything that we're talking about within these weeks and these deep dives. So that's myself and Kyle signing off. We shall see you tomorrow.